everyone, and welcome back to the Haunted Heart Podcast. The Haunted Heart Podcast. I got tired of that ass over there jumping in every episode to say hello to you, and so I got to the front of the line to frighten you with my over, overly enthusiastic welcome to the show. Yeah, it was a little, it was, it was terrifying. It scared me a little bit. It was a lot. <laughs> That's it all was, I have to say. It was because like halfway through, has that ever happened to you? Like halfway through a word, you forget like what the word is and you forget like where you're going and you're like, uh, I mean, have you met me? Yeah. I could only like imagine it as like, being in a haunted house and you're going through and everything's really scary. Then all of a sudden you just see Katie coming at you. <laughs> hello! <laughs> like, hello! Yeah, like, it was a little bit like Mrs. Doubtfire. Interesting. Just minus my, the shit on your face. I think in, in that, um, in that like space, like my brain is like, as long as you don't stop making sound, like no one will know that this has gone horribly awry and you have no idea where you're going. Well, that's kind of... With this word. <laughs> that's kind of the goal, isn't it? <laughs> Anywho, welcome back to the show. We are so excited mm-hmm. to be here with you. I'm Katie. I'm Kenny. And that was know. our monthly uh, check-in to let you motherfuckers know who the hell we are. <laughs> For all those people that uh, may be new to the show, because you know, I mean, who knows? This may be the first time. There might Maybe. be the first time going around with the podcast. They might have been listening for weeks now, not knowing what our fucking names are, because we never introduce each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we did today, so that's we good. Did. Check the box. Checked in. Check Checked the box. In. That's our monthly check-in. Check in Let's the box. who the fuck we are. Anywho, how's everybody doing? How are you doing? How am I doing? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm like that, that cat shirt that's the hanging in there cat shirt oh, that we've mentioned hanging before. Hanging in there. Yep. Hanging in there. Um... Went to the dentist mm. <laughs> the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, no cavities to report, which is a great. Got it. But you didn't sign. get you didn't get my dentist. You didn't get no. the hot one. No. So my I dentist didn't. is so hot, you guys. I'm. I hope he doesn't listen to this because that is going to make things really awkward for us. But he is so attractive. I have this like innate fear of dentists and i always have since seeing the the horror movie the dentist but (laughs) i did a very different feeling (laughs) when watching so here's the skinny on my teeth (laughs) (laughs) uh no i i for the most part have you know have pretty good teeth but i do have one like wisdom tooth in the very back that has come in it came in wonky it's Mm. pretty much sitting Almost horizontal. Fuck. <laughs> um, but it hasn't bothered me or anything. But the doctor was like, you know, like, I don't want to take it out if it, it doesn't need to be taken out. But, like, it probably needs to be taken out. And I'm like. I mean, it sounds no. like a bad time. It's fine. But I just wanted to know, like, if he removes it, can I keep it? Because it's like, I like, I'm emotionally attached to my wonky wisdom tooth. Fuck yeah. We can make earrings out of it. Or I, one I earring. Keep it. Uh, and like, uh, if he doesn't let me keep it, then mm. I, guess what? You can't take it out. <laughs> You're not going to take it out. I'll take it out. <laughs> Home it's dentistry just... <laughs> kits. This is just me and Katie. We're, we'll record it, though, if that happens. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> we'll Hell have the, yeah. We'll have the mics on. We'll record it. It'll be a good time. Listen, I've already got, um, I'll just, I'll just drink a lot. 
I'm already drinking tonight. I'm he drinking just reaches over and grabs the tiniest, like, dollhouse bottle of Prosecco that you ever have seen. And I believe the brand is Cupcake as well. <laughs> I can take this pain. I can take this pain. <laughs> Meanwhile, me pulling your tooth out, I'm, like, drinking, like, whiskey. Like, straight up aged scottish whiskey yeah <laughs> like, the drink of your people just rip it out of your uh rip your tooth out of your jawbone god can't mm. wait sounds like a sorry good for anybody who doesn't like dentistry horror um <laughs> that's a subject that we have yet to cover yikes yeah teeth freak people out though they do they do i they don't really freak me out. well I, okay i don't like like the feeling of like loose teeth like i'm constantly terrified because i had really fucked up teeth as a kid like really <laughs> yes, really really did, really folks. fucked up teeth it was really bad um if i can find the like mold that was taken somebody they gave me like a bust of my fucking teeth like you know how they have in libraries like busts of like important mm-hmm. dudes heads usually it's dudes sometimes it's women i've seen like one female bust. anyway um they did that of my teeth because they were such a fucking disaster. They were like, this must be immortalized <laughs> before we fix it. Um, and I showed it to Kenny once. And he made fun of me. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, the bust of her busted teeth. Busted ass teeth, yeah. <laughs> so I had really fucked up teeth as a kid. And then I had braces and got them all fixed. And like now they're fine. Now they're like rather nice teeth. They're good shape. I like them. Yeah. Um. That is true. You have really great teeth. Yeah. Uh, thank you. I mean, thank you is what you're supposed to say. Not yeah. <laughs> what? You said you have, you said I have. I mean, no, but have I said, teeth. yeah, like a bitch. I've been doing that lately. Like people will say thank you and I'm like, yeah. And and it's not that I'm a dick. It's just that I'm uncomfortable. So I just am like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you're like really pretty. Yeah. yeah. But if I can find that bust, I don't know where it is. But if I can find it, I'll take a picture and show it to you guys. I'll post it on our fucking social media. <laughs> shit they can't not? wait to see that one. Oh my yeah. god anyway so i feel like i'm segueing a lot with anyway today anyway anyway anywho any anyhow anyhow anyone. lived in a pretty pretty no what was it anyone lived in a pretty how town i've never heard of that before in my life ee cummings he spells his name cummings cummings yeah it's a lot yeah. It's a lot. Anyway, it's a good poem. Anyway, again, <laughs> god damn. We're just going to title this episode anyway. Probably. You, you probably fucking should. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? Bitch, I don't fucking know. Like, here's the thing. Again, you were on that fucking flight. You sent me some topics and you were like, you have living. to research this. Yeah. Research it. This is what you're going to research for the for for whatever yeah. week. I was like, do this. I was very uh dom in that moment and i obliged and, you and said, i researched yes, a few mistress. things yes well you said you had an intro but we're fuck it we're talking about the premiere i do Triangle, folks i do i just want you to say what we're talking about i was hoping we were gonna go and like <laughs> you said we you had to an... talk about like, well what i really wanted to do is play that song bermuda jamaica that one i mean i still can does it does it wait Suddenly, I'm doubting that they say this song, the name Bermuda in that song. What is it? Bermuda, Bahama, come on, pretty mama. I don't think they say Bermuda. Do they say Bermuda? No, they do. They do. They say Bermuda, Bahama. 
come on pretty mama katie i don't know they do they fucking do i'm telling you chaos magic boom that's it i don't know katie i don't know Oh, no, it's, yes, yeah, okay. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is, okay, it's all right. It's a big old yeah. boat full of fuck it you says, headed straight for the Bermuda it, Triangle. It's, well, it goes Aruba, Jamaica. Oh, Aruba, fuck. Oh, I want to take you to Bermuda. That's it. Bahama. There you go, it's fine. Come on, pretty mama. We did that. Key Largo, Just as well as Montego. I thought we would. <laughs> Baby, we, why don't we go? I would love to visit the Bermuda Triangle, actually. Really? Yes. Really? I don't know. I feel like I would just like fall through a vortex to a parallel universe where I don't know. I don't Actually, know. at this point, this universe not looking too great. So <laughs> maybe a parallel universe Listen, would make more fucking sense. Bermuda Triangle, great real estate. <laughs> um, feels like home. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say feels about like that. Home. So before we get um, much further, I know we're making great progress so far. Um, shout out to everybody who fucking hates our long ass intros. <laughs> Does anyone hate our long ass intros though? Like, um, I don't know. Has anyone ever commented? That I feel they like don't Twitter like has an opinion. Intros? We don't give a fuck. It's the thing. Like, <laughs> here's the skinny Sorry, on Twitter. that. Like, mm. we love you. We value your opinions, but. It's but if our you're on fucking Twitter. show. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do want to credit uh, our source for a lot of the, um, I won't say research. I'll just say uh, information for today's episode. And that source was uh, The Week UK. So shout the out to Week them. The Week UK? Yeah, it's, a, it's, a pub- it's like an online publication called oh, The okay. Week. Yeah, yeah. So. I just thought you were just being like, no, really like weak, anti UK. The no. weak UK. No. no, 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 no. We don't believe in that. No. I like the UK. I was just fucking there. It was great. Yeah. We have some great listeners from the UK. Yes, we do. We um, love them all. Yeah, we do. Each and every one of you. Every softly, last delicately, one. Gently, we love you. Uh, so the Bermuda Triangle. Woo! Woo! Fuck my cat. She is like raging. That was her food bowl. <laughs> I am concerned. She was like, bitch. I am so concerned right now. I can right see now. the bottom of it, just like her mama. <laughs> um, so the Bermuda Triangle, also known as the Devil's Triangle or Hurricane Alley, is a loosely defined region in the western part of the North Atlantic Ocean. Uh, it's amongst the most heavily trafficked uh, shipping lanes in the world. And ships frequently cross through it for ports in the Americas, Europe, and the Caribbean islands. If you're a geography person, the triangle stretches from the southern tip of Florida up to Bermuda and over to Puerto Rico to form a three-pointed region. Mm -hmm. And it covers roughly 440,000 miles of ocean, uh, cruise ships, and pleasure craft. Ooh, the love boat. That's how you know it's a UK source because only the UK would like use a term like pleasure craft. A pleasure craft. Crafted for your pleasure <laughs> and your leisure. Both. It's not like a wine bus, like a pleasure craft. <laughs> the next time I do a like weekend wine tour, I'm going to be like, oh, 
all aboard the pleasure craft. <laughs> and they're going to be like, why are you this way? I'm like, ma'am, this is the wine aisle at Target. Ma'am, like- <laughs> ma'am please remove your hand from your vulva. <laughs> we can't see that your hand is on your vulva, but it sounds like your hand is on your vulva. Everybody gets a little bit nervous with group transportation. We understand. Please calm down. (laughs) Uh, But yes, the pleasure craft and cruise trips uh, regularly sail throughout the region of the Bermuda Triangle um, and commercial and private aircraft routinely fly over it. Um, But it has developed a reputation in like over the past what would you say like a century or so um probably since the 40s yeah yeah so coming up on a fucking century man damn mm-hmm. um i mean not anytime soon we'll be like 50 before then 40 <laughs> 40 maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe you'll be older um fuck off <laughs> I have no idea if that fucking math was right. <laughs> I feel like we make reference to like what age we will be in certain like number of years and none of it fucking matches up. If you guys try to go back and look at the receipts like across the episodes, no, no. none of it matches up. What's the year right now? 2019. So that's uh, 57 is what I will be. Oh, God damn it. 57. My math was so wrong. I was like, we'll be 40. It's fine. <laughs> Almost Fuck 60, me. actually, Oh, Katie. I wish I didn't know that. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> now I want to visit the Bermuda Triangle. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So over the past century or so, it has developed um, a reputation for aircraft and ships and various other methods of transportation, various other pleasure craft. Um, disappearing under mysterious circumstances, or should we say suspicious circumstances, circumcision. Anyway. um, (laughs) Wow. I was so scared that was going to come out, and then I was like, you know what? Let it. Just let it. So according to a report... It's, you could tell that it's a, a report. You can tell that it's a very good. That's why I didn't use the term research. I used the term information. According to a report According by a to 12th grade. A report, which I didn't cite, an average of four planes and 20 boats are said to vanish in the zone every year, leaving no trace. And you know those people who. I, I can write defect that, a though. How could you possibly take down such a reputable source? I can defect that. The last one, actually, the last disappearance was in 2012. Fuck off. Don't don't kill my vibe. Um, So the term Bermuda Triangle was coined in 1967 by writer Vincent Gaddis in the men's pulp magazine Argosy. Which I don't know what that title means, but I kind of am into it. Argosy. Argosy. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so though Gaddis first came up with the phrase, it was actually Charles Berlitz who propelled it into international popularity about a decade later in 1974 with his incredibly imaginatively named best-selling book, The Bermuda Triangle. Uh-huh. 
The mystery of the Bermuda Triangle has since been promoted in thousands of books, magazines, television shows, and websites. So it was really 74 when it really took off um, and became sort of this thing. Yeah. So I think you did some research on um, one of the one of the early cases, is it? Oh, did I? Oh, did I? Did I? Did I do some research for this episode? Oh my God, somebody's <laughs> so excited. Did I do a little research? I maybe did. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't maybe. Know. I don't know nothing about this. This here. I don't know nothing about this here uh, Bermuda Triangle. What is happening with your accent? It's like slightly Cajun, but like also not. I mean, I know we're both very afraid to do like what we would perceive of as a as a Bermuda accent. So no, I, I really wasn't trying to do a Bermuda. Rebounding. No, I really wasn't trying to do a Bermuda accent. I was just oh, please, Kenny, a... do <laughs> do. Is there such a thing as a, a Bermuda, Bermuda accent? accent? I have no idea. I don't. I don't Maybe I don't think so. Maybe not. No, I did actually. So, <clears throat> so I'm going to take us back. You remember that time machine we used to get in every now and then? Fuck yeah! It's got some dust on it right now. Yeah. So we're going to blow gonna, that bitch off. We're going to blow her. Blow her right on off. But not slob. Snob? We're not slobbing. Slob? No, we're not slobbing on That's any good. knobs here. Yeah, no, we're, we're just that. giving a light dust. We're just gonna. Blow. We're getting the Swiffer out, and we're like just... the like the Nintendo sixty four cartridge. Yep. Uh huh. Pretty much. Or really, any piece of technology that's not fucking working. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, uh, like this podcast. <laughs> Unplug it. Plug it back in. See if it works. That's what happens when we miss a week. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So I'm going to take us back, back to 1945. Oh. Not oh, that's a bad time. Oh yeah, I was going to say. Ooh, I'm going to take us back 1945. Not a not a great time. Maybe not all of us should go. Like <laughs> I'm just saying. Not a great time. Uh, you know, one might say what with uh, World War II happening and all that jazz, but. This story takes place in December, so a few months after Hitler decided to drop some cyanide, a group of five Avengers and... Avengers? Yep. And no, 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 I'm not talking about Chris Evans. Is this Evans. a Stan Lee situation? Nope, we're not talking about Chris Evans. Nope, we're not talking about the ass of America, or America's ass. America's ass. America is ass. No. Okay, too much Prosecco. There were five U.S. <laughs> Navy... He gone on that cupcake, y'all. <laughs> ...Avenger bomber planes that took off from Fort Lauderdale. Shout out to our Florida man in 1945, whatever he was doing. Hey, girl. Also, shout out to Phil and Joel from Florida Man Podcast. Hey, girl. Yep. Uh, for what was supposed to be an extremely routine training exercise the flight did not return dun, dun, dun. oh fuck now I hate that <laughs> yeah they did too now these plans plans planes <laughs> these plans <laughs> <laughs> I, I i meant to say planes but i wrote plans now these pla planes 
Yeah. <laughs> it's literally about okay, to do it again. Now I'm really concerned that you're actually drunk off the Prosecco. And no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm worried about you, babe. Now these planes. We all love you here. These planes <laughs> were some of the Navy's very best and was commanded by Charles Taylor, a lieutenant for the U.S. Navy who had obviously served in World War II and afterwards transferred to Fort Lauderdale as a flight instructor. At the time of takeoff, he had logged uh, over 2,509 hours with over 600 of those hours as an instructor. There were 13 crew members altogether who took off around 2 p.m., and their mission was to head east towards Hen and Chicken Shoals. Now, I had to research what the fuck this was. Hen and Chicken Shoals is a shallow coral reef located within the Florida Keys, and it's at this location that they were supposed to drop a simulated payload and then direct themselves north towards the Grand Bahamas before turning and coming back in to land at Fort Lauderdale, creating a triangular path. Oh, a triangle. Spooky. Now, from what we know, the training went according to plan. All these Navy men dropped their loads into the reef. (laughs) But... you know what? An improvement, 2.0. All these seamen dropped their load into the reef. But they were flying... Even though they were Navy men. Yeah, they were still seamen. You can call Navy men seamen. I do it all the time. It's great. It's a great way to break the ice. Yeah. So they dropped their loads into the reef, but it was shortly after that when things started to fly south. Uh, I'm here all day, folks. Not really. Just an hour and 13 minutes. So just shut up. Let me live. It was about 90 minutes into the exercise when Lieutenant Charles Taylor radioed with an unsettling message. I'm lost. Both my compasses are out, and I'm trying to find Fort Lauderdale. I'm sure I'm in the Keys, but I'm not sure how far down. Now, according to history, this wasn't the first time that someone experienced strange compass readings in that area. About 450 years prior, Christopher Columbus reported erratic compass readings as well, but Christopher Columbus was also a son of a bitch who deserves to get lost anyway. (laughs) Now, back at Fort Lauderdale, personnel were desperately trying to figure out, like, what the fuck is going on. They couldn't quite understand what had happened, why it happened, and how someone who was so well-versed in flying could have veered so off course. Relatable content. (laughs) Yeah. To be honest with you. Honestly. Me watching myself be a person every day. Yeah, pretty much. So, meanwhile, back at sea... Taylor was leading his people in a completely different direction, with fuel running dangerously low. Now, this is a time before GPS, so pilots only had their compass to direct them. And so poor Taylor was flying blind, so to speak, Hmm. for the most part. Taylor radioed his crew to tell them that they'd have to ditch unless they caught landfall and that the first plane to drop below 10 gallons meant that they'd all go down with it. I want you to know that, like, in my mind, this is Taylor Lautner. <laughs> no. Who is flying this plane. Nope. I don't, I don't care about reality. It's Taylor Lautner. Anyway, continue with the okay. story. So the first plane that reached below like 10 gallons. I'm sorry. I don't even like him. Good. Maybe that's why you're picturing him here. Maybe. 
So the first plane to get below 10 gallons, they just like, well, I guess we're just all going to go down with you. Um, couldn't be me, because I'm going to tell you what, <laughs> bitch, I'm so, going to keep sorry, going. sorry, they made a pact that, like, the first guy who dips below 10 gallons, we're all just going to point our fucking planes in the sea? And, and do just... a crash landing, yes. Fuck that. Nah, I got I guess... to fly on. I got I... a quarter of a tank. I'm going to get there, babe. <laughs> Y'all ain't seen me. Week yeah, before you payday. Don't know my plane do, you, you don't know my plane. <laughs> you <laughs> don't know like me. Your plane don't eat. Nah, you don't know, you don't know my plane. It's fine. <laughs> Bitch, I'm going to fly that motherfucking thing until it hits the ground. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to willingly For sure. drive that thing near the ground. Bitch, I'm going to keep going until I can't. Hell yeah. Anyway, a little while later, and there was nothing but radio static. The Navy then sent two PBM Mariner rescue planes out to sea to look for the planes. They were called Training 32 and Training 49. Creativity. (laughs) They searched all night and into the next morning to no avail. Training 32 was set to meet up with Training 49 out at sea after their search. But the PBM Mariner, Training 49, never showed up. And it, too, was forever lost at sea. Mm. On total, 27 men went missing that evening. Lieutenant Taylor and his 13 men, plus the 13 men aboard the rescue plane. And thus began the myth of the Bermuda Triangle. Now, I have some little things to throw in, some little wrenches to throw in to to the play, possibly a little twist here. Now, I mentioned previously that Wait, Taylor... wait. Is this debunking stuff, though? Because we have a whole Not necessarily. Okay. Okay. Cool. Not necessarily, no. But it, it may make you think. Okay. Now, I mentioned previously that Taylor was an experienced flyer. Yeah. And indeed, he was. But the man couldn't find his way around a soup can with a can opener. And he had actually been lost... Three times during the war. Damn, girl. Two of those times, he had to ditch his plane at sea and be rescued. That's why this motherfucker was like, we're going to crash land this. Because like he knew <laughs> what to fucking do. But the rest of them were probably like, uh, mm-hmm. no. We try to just stay uh, in the plane, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> um, gonna... It's kind of how we, how we do flying and well, stuff. Well, yeah. So earlier, around 3.45 p.m., radio communications had picked up a student who claimed that if we just fly west, we would make it home. (laughs) And around, (laughs) if we just, I want to know who that was. I want to know who that man was. I mean, was was. he right? Yes. Oh, okay. So I'm going to peel the fuck off again. Again, I say, and I realize it's now a trilogy of episodes, the beloved phrase from the Scottish Say it with me, folks. Time to fucking bolt. <laughs> like, I'm going to let you know that if we just fly west, we can get home. And then I'm going to fly fucking west, and I'm going to get home. Right. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> there was, yeah, essentially. He was like, uh, let's just fly west, and we'll be good. Um, at around 4.45 p.m., he needs to read Lean In, that book about, like, taking initiative at work like, well, and just going for your ideas. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> He's like, all right, well, y'all do that. I'm just going to 
go. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know how that works out for you. I'm going to try this way. <laughs> Head around. He's like, I will come back for you. Bye. <laughs> At around 4.45 p.m., the day they went missing, um, he, so a little bit later that day, he had actually been instructed uh, to pass control over to one of the students. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, probably the other guy who was trying to go west, I would imagine. <laughs> I mean, that would, that they would were be like, a choice. That probably would be my vote. They were like, Taylor, let someone else fly. What if we just went west? Yes, exactly. Um, but it appears that he never did. Amazing. <laughs> I got it. I got this. How'd that work out for you, Taylor? I got it. It's fine. You know what? Again, relatable content. Somehow, like with all due respect, I just kind of, I can't help but to imagine a plane at the bottom of the ocean with a skeleton in there and he's just in there holding on for dear life and it's just a, it's fine, written it's fine. all over it's it. It's fine. That's <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. kind of everything that I imagine right now. Appropriate. Um, so Taylor was actually found guilty of mental aberration, uh. I guess, uh. supposedly. Um, but so his he was mother, a crazy person? I Is guess. Is that what that means? I mean, I'm like, how could you be charged? I mean, I don't he know. He was on that cray-cray. So he, this man died or got lost and then, you know, we're assuming died. Yeah. You can only assume. And then they were like, he was a crazy fuck. Like, is that really what happened? Damn. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I mean, That's they tough. found him guilty of mental aberration, but his mother, Catherine Taylor, was successful in exonerating him in 1947 mm-hmm. by launching her own investigation. Fuck Yeah. So, yes. Maybe they're trying to just cover some shit up. I mean, possibly. Like when they call people crazy. You know what I'm saying? You Not don't know. That they call crazy I mean, crazy. Who, who would know, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly. So, I kind of, like, am interested in that little story a bit, but I could really couldn't find a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I was actually um, really interested in, like, what happened with this fucking rescue plane. Because that's what's really weird. So, like, you have this idea that... um. You know, okay, he maybe wasn't, he was still, while he could fly, he wasn't (laughs) the best navigator. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? So you could probably say that, right? Yeah. But like, what happened to this other fucking plane? Right. This rescue plane whose job it is to go out and like rescue. What happened? Right. Right. Interesting. So they went out. It was past 7 p.m. And when the Navy had given up hopes that the, the five Avengers were still going to make it. Um, so the two PBM Martin Mariners, and those are planes that are like the, they can fly, but also land on water. Mm-hmm. Amphibian. That's not what they were called, but. But that's what, yeah, that's the word. But yeah, sure. For the water and the. Okay. The land. All right. <laughs> All right. Great life sciences. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so they took off at 727 PM from the Banana River Navy base station in Florida. The Martin Mariners were heavily used by the U.S. those days to patrol the ocean areas, detect any enemy submarine operations, um, and rescue pilots and crew who have crashed into the Atlantic. They had the ability to easily land on ocean water, and they used to carry huge amounts of fuel so that they could carry out a search operation over long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they were kind of nicknamed flying gas tanks, if you will. Got it. So the, the two Mariners took off um, to search for the planes. Both the Mariners were generally used for training purposes, um, but obviously for this time they were on a mission to f- try to find these five planes. Um, so Training 32 headed straight out into the ocean. The second one, Training 49, went northbound along the east coast. Uh, and after the second Mariner took off, the base station never heard from it again. It was around 9 p.m. when a message came in from a freighter ship, the SS Gaines Mill, which sounds like a road from back home, mm-hmm. Gaines Mill Road, mm-hmm. that they saw a huge explosion on the ocean at a distance. Training 32 was still searching for the Flight 19 and was in constant touch with the base station. At about 10 p.m., the Training 32 Mariner moved on and reached the spot reported by the freighter ship. But strangely, they saw no fire there, nor any debris floating. Hmm. Water sample brought from that place did not show any trace of oil, suggesting there could not have been any explosion there at all. But the crew of the freighter SS Gaines Mill reported that they saw a huge ball of fire dropping into the ocean at a distance, and then a big explosion. The Mariner was in the best of conditions and thoroughly checked by both technicians as well as the captain before taking off, so any engine failures were ruled out. Some speculated that a cigarette lighting inside the cabin had blown up the plane. That theory was ruled out too, since the Mariners carried huge amounts of gas, smoking was strictly prohibited in flight, and no one should have lit a cigarette. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I mean, I don't know that we can rule it out, though. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you just really stressed out, and you just... Right. <laughs> it was fucking sucked to be that guy, <laughs> Be that guy. Shit. So here's... You gotta where- get on that vape, babe. So here's where the interesting twist comes. The Navy board during the investigation reported that there are often greenish lights seen along the coastlines of Florida. This had also been confirmed by the resident locals. This green light would float around for a while, then descend and slowly disappear. This is often linked with something known as St. Elmo's Fire, Mm. which has a green hue. The fire is caused due to the area's unique climate. It radiates a huge amount of electrical charge, and it is also known that airplanes seem to glow green when they come under the charge from such Elmo's Fire, even though they have anti-static equipment. And in one such occasion, a plane had actually blown up because of it. Hmm. So was it such electrical charge from Elmo's fire? Okay, airplanes. Sure. (laughs) Sure, airplanes (laughs) seem to glow green. Sure. Okay. (laughs) So was it this, like, electrical charge from this, like, St. Elmo's fire that interfered with the navigational system, which caused fire and blew up the Mariner? It's a possible theory, but has not been established with facts and evidence. And unfortunately, the investigation of the missing mariner is still incomplete and remains a great mystery of the Bermuda Triangle to this day. Mm-hmm. That's what I got for you. All right. Okay. Very mysterious. But uh, allow me to add some clarity Wait, this clarity. Particular situation. What do you mean, clarity? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna clear up some of the mystery, some of the more suspicious moments, because I, I believe deeply in 
I have I have a set of foundational beliefs, if you will. And you know that I respect this podcast and I respect our audience. Do you really? There are a lot of intelligent, uh, creative, um, imaginative, and uh, did I already say intelligent? Accomplished individuals. And that is why I am bringing you the grade A truth today, people. (laughs) That's right. Mama's here. Gather round. Suckle from the teat of the truth. The teat of truth. I knew you were going there. As I hold you and stroke your Cupid's bow until you are drowsy with truth. And then I will lay you in your bassinet. (laughs) Okay. In your your bassinet of glory and knowledge. (laughs) Completely woke. For you to have. So there's lots of explanations as to why this fucking triangle is... Scarier than my pubic triangle. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of theories uh, that science has for us uh, involving compass variations and electromagnetic waves and human error and violent weather and the Gulf Stream. And there's all those very interesting things culminating in uh, theories of rogue waves, which are essentially just big ass walls of water that just fucking like <laughs> move through the ocean, I think. Um, and also a very interesting theory um, called uh, methane hydrates, where they're like basically these big ass methane bubbles just kind of fucking swallow shit up. And like that's <laughs> science. Like, you know what I'm saying? Fucking methane bubbles. But all of those are red herrings. Are you about to tell us it's some aliens? Because I feel like that's where this is going. We're digging in, folks. I have three very solid theories for you today. And we will start at the beginning. And the beginning is Atlantis. (laughs) Atlantis. Here I thought you were coming at me with some fact-based shit. So obviously, (laughs) I don't need facts. I'm beyond facts. I've evolved. You see, come along with me. So obviously the disappearance of all these vessels on a regular basis could only mean that the Bermuda Triangle is actually the location of the mythical lost city of Atlantis. Hey, I'm so for this theory. Like, fuck yeah. Who's seen the movie? Have you seen the fucking movie? The fucking cartoon. I love that movie. movie. Milo was like a sexual awakening for me, as was like the Atlantean chick. Was oh, her yeah. name Kira? I can't remember. It's been it so long. It started with a K and I was like, fuck yeah, girl. Like she Wasn't was, there she like was... a buff daddy in that in that movie too? There was. There was. There was like a very I think his name was John. Um I think was... that hold on. I gotta see which one he yeah, was. Yeah, there was like a super stacked motherfucker. And then but truly, so what I thought I who I thought I would grow up to be is like the super hot Atlantean chick, but who I actually grew up to be is Cookie, the cook. Like, that is who I became Uh. in my life. (laughs) And I'm just working on the mustache now. It's going to be fun. Oh, no, it wasn't. I liked Vincenzo. He was Vinny. Oh, yeah, Vinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the one. I liked him. Yeah, Vinny was cool. Um, Vinny's the one who always wanted to blow shit up, right? Yeah. Dynamite? Yeah. Dynamite? (laughs) Dynamite. Blow it up. It's great. Um, So, the... 
lost city of Atlantis. It's probably the more pervasive of the conspiracy theories out there surrounding the Bermuda Triangle. So Charles Berlitz, the guy that I talked about earlier who popularized the Bermuda Triangle um, like phrase and also the mystery surrounding the region with his 1974 book, actually promoted the Atlantis theory in his book. Wow, okay. So Berlitz had a strong interest in the paranormal and believed that not only was Atlantis real, but it was also connected to the Bermuda Triangle in some way. One very enlightened blog poster explained the theory in the comments section of an article about the phenomenon that ran in The Independent, which is a very famous UK newspaper and a very good source for news about our own country, I will say. I will break character and say that. (laughs) (laughs) Read The Independent. Please, God, don't read U.S. news sources. Just read The Independent. (laughs) They are. Uh, So um, this is the quote from the comment section of this article. When Atlantis was destroyed, it sank to the very bottom of the ocean. While the ruined temples now play host to multitudinous underwater creatures, the great Atlantean fire crystals that once provided so much of the tremendous power and impressive energy that was found in Atlantis still exist to this day. Crystal clear? I'm <laughs> good. Clear as <laughs> crystal, honey. <laughs> I, I'm. I did a thing I'm with here. the crystals and the crystals. Yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah, I got it. Oh, it's good. That was really funny. <laughs> I'm playing. Anyway, um, yeah, not so much. Feels like I'm reading from a Lord of the Rings style fantasy novel. Well, and why not? Uh, buckle up, Buttercup. So. The cornerstone of the Atlantis theory involves a cluster of underwater rock formations on the ocean floor known as the Bimini Road. It is not known as the Bikini Road, which I typed Bikini Bottom many times before I realized I was wrong. <laughs> the Bimini Road. Uh, these rocks are located near the coast of Bimini Island in the Bahamas. Years before the rock formation was actually found in 1968, famous psychic Edgar Casey, to call back to our last episode say, on psychics, great. Edgar Casey predicted that eventually the lost city of Atlantis would be discovered upon the discovery of the Bimini Road. So he kind of like predicted this whole thing. Um, he predicted the discovery of Bimini Road and also tied it to Atlantis. Um, researchers have declared that the rock formations naturally occurring. Because they're fucking buzz kills. But there are those who believe in Edgar Casey's theory. These soldiers of the truth argue <laughs> that the stones that form Bimini Road are so well arranged that they actually represent the roads and walls of Atlantis. Now, legend has it that the city of Atlantis heavily depended on special energy crystals, which were extremely powerful. You saw that if you saw the animated movie. We weren't just dicking around. It actually <laughs> ties in, people. Nice. The crystals were a thing. Um, so those crystals radiated huge amounts of energy, also known as death rays, and caused the navigational instruments of passing ships and airplanes to malfunction. This is um, one of the ways some people say that 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 was unintentional, that it was just a side effect of the amount of energy that the crystals gave off. Some people think that it was intentional as a way, um, and that it functioned uh, as a way to hide Atlantis, that it was kind of a uh, defense mechanism sort of thing. 
um, hence the lost city of Atlantis. Um, as a result, the vessels would get lost or sometimes be completely destroyed by the sheer power of the energy. There is so much that goes into Atlantean crystal energy that I would literally need multiple hours, potentially multiple days to explain to you. But basically, the crystals we're talking about here are apparently of Lemurian origin. And some of our listeners may be familiar with the term Lemurian. They, for those of you who are not familiar, um, congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) But the Lemurians were a race of ancient, highly civilized people who supposedly lived in like four and a half BC um, or like four million five hundred thousand BC. I don't really know how to say years that are that big. Like it's just not a thing. Just four point five million BC. Like is that how you say it? It just seems weird. Four thousand BC. Probably because it's a made up time. Four thousand BC. Probably because the Earth is only like 6,000 years old, though. Uh, anyway, <laughs> triggered. <laughs> so the, the Lemurians uh, supposedly were this ancient, highly civilized people who lived a long fucking ass time ago uh, in the time of the supercontinent Pangea. Yeah. Whose civilization was located in the Pacific Ocean and stretched all the way from the Western United States to the Indian Ocean and Madagascar. Uh, and if you want to learn more about the Lemurians, please go to LemurianShaman.com or LemurianShaman, sorry, dot com Shaman? Did for you more details. really just say Sham Wow. Did you really just say Shaman? Yeah, it's because I've been shopping for shampoo all day, so I'm, I got Sham on the mind. <laughs> As in, this is a... Anyway, <laughs> please check out LemurianShaman.com for more details on the Lemurian situation. Uh, I won't be uh, doing an episode on it because it's really fucking complicated. Basically, Lemurians were badass, potentially half-human, half-lemur motherfuckers. And though through a like really, really very convoluted, very complicated, very made-up some might say, series of events. The Atlanteans managed to get Lemurian crystals and then use them to run their entire fake civilization. It involved this guy named Thoth and some emerald tablets and a whole bunch of acid-fueled scribbles from an overweight man living in his mom's basement (laughs) and also potentially Nazis. Not like the scary real-life Nazis that we have now, but fake dead Nazis that aren't real. Okay. Uh, and if you're interested in learning all about that, then you can check out thegreaterpicture.com to further research the truth, my fellow truth seeker. But I would definitely recommend that you take some drugs first because it is no <laughs> insane. No, we don't recommend drugs, Katie. We can't uh, do that. I think you probably have to smoke a bowl before you go to thegreaterpicture.com. Okay. I think that that is actually like part of the protocol the requirement uh yes. you go on there and it's like have you smoked a bowl today yeah, you it, kind of like how you go on alcohol websites and they make you put your birthday in <laughs> like uh, why like for your fucking age they make you do that but with smoking bowls so uh yeah ASL. So that's basically that theory basically the Atlanteans got these badass lemurian crystals and they just have nothing better to do than to sit underwater and use them to shoot our shit out of the fucking sky in the sea <laughs> Is that clear? <laughs> Got it? 
Yes. Um, I'm so down for that, though. You know? Like, I've always been... Ever since, like, just going back to that, that cartoon, the movie, like, I was always fascinated with, like... This lost city under the sea. Hell you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, cool shit. I like who wouldn't want to fucking, you know, live I in mean, a world where there was a lost city. To be fair, like we have explored outer space like way more than we have explored our own oceans. So is it scarier to explore space or to explore the ocean? For me. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm i really interested in space. And so I think that the natural curiosity and the interest kind of outweighs some of the fear. Because um, I fucking love Star Trek. And let me tell you, if there is one chance in hell that Spock or Data, I'm not picky, are actually out there in the fucking cold void of space, I will get a ticket tomorrow. Like, put me in the fucking washing machine training thing, and I will throw up everywhere and have a great time, and then put me on a rocket so that I can get the fuck out there to them, because honestly, what am I doing here? And Rocket Man's just there. playing in the background while you fucking at <laughs> all. Yeah, as I ride a rocket into the fucking sun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, the the ocean is very scary. I don't know. It's just real it's deep terrifying. and dark, and I don't know about it. Yeah. Well. I don't know. I'm ocean agnostic. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> ocean agnostic. So while the Atlantean theory is definitely the prevailing theory, uh, there are other voices that we must hear on this podcast because that's important. So independently, completely from the Atlantis theory, some people believe, and interestingly, some of them are the same fucking people who can just believe both at the same time because it's fun like that. Um, Some people believe that aliens actually use the Bermuda Triangle as a portal to travel to and from our planet. I knew we were going to get aliens. Because our fucking planet is the best. It's got green grass. It's got tall mountains. It's got low valleys. It's got all this fucking water. Yeah, that too. Um, (laughs) We're a travel destination, folks. We are fucking, we're a national park. We're an intergalactic park. That is true. Um, Yeah. I knew we were going to get aliens. Ain't no other planet's got that good, good oxygen. That we know of. And nitrogen mixture. It's so good. So delicious. That we know of. Uh, that we know of, yes. That's and true. water. Can't forget water. Yeah. Even though, um, yeah. You literally can't forget it. You're 80% it. Uh, so there's a theory that the Earth is like a gathering station, or that the Bermuda Triangle is like a gathering station where uh, alien races can capture people, ships, and aircraft to conduct research. Mm. And if you're a student of ufology... <laughs> You know what research means, folks. <laughs> the old rub and tug. I can't with you. That's fucking. <laughs> Gotta get that sexy serum. I just no don't understand. Semen. So I don't understand. I feel like this is like a human ego thing where it's like you have these fucking beings who have infinite amounts of knowledge about the universe, but they want your spunk. I don't understand. 
There's actually some really interesting theories on that, that aliens actually exist in a different dimension than we do, and that in order to be present here in our dimension, they actually have to create these hybrid breeds that are called indigo children, and really they're just children with autism. Like, um, um. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it's really uncomfortable. If you if you start digging into the indigo children theory, like all of the ways that they describe those children, and I'm not trying to be a dick, like I'm not making an autism joke. Um, all of the uh, qualities that they ascribe to indigo children, well, maybe not all. They don't have like fucking like weird like water skin. But all of the <laughs> psychological um, like traits that they say that indigo children have are actually like they just sound like autism spectrum traits. And I'm like, could could they just have autism though? Like, could we not be so autism phobic that we create an entirely new like hybrid race of alien children? <laughs> like, or could it maybe just be the spectrum and, like, they're normal kids? Right, 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 right. Could we just, like, be a little more comfortable with neurodiversity? And these people are like, no, different fucking race. <laughs> uh, so that aliens can nope, actually nope. exist alien in baby. dimension. Alien <laughs> baby, you. I'm like, Over cool, there. all right, great, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Donates to neurodiversity fund <laughs> immediately. Uh, anyway, um... So there was actually an Ancient Aliens episode on this. And in it, they talk about the Christopher Columbus incident that you actually mentioned. Ooh, okay. Um, So they talk about this alleged UFO sighting from one of Christopher Columbus's sailors that I actually found interesting enough to mention Christopher Columbus's murderous ass on this show. Right. Um... So it was in 1492, while he was on the brink of fake discovering the Americas, you know, when he sailed to that, like, other place that thousands and thousands of indigenous people had actually already been living on for thousands of years already at that point. And welcomed him with open arms before they were annihilated. So he could discover it. All for gold. (laughs) Great. Uh... Apparently, in the waters near Bermuda, shortly before that, he and his men spotted an alleged UFO. An entry into Columbus's log on October fourteenth, fourteen or October eleventh, I'm sorry, fourteen ninety two, read, "Quote: The land was first seen by a sailor called Rodrigo de Triana." Although the admiral at the admiral. Sorry, I'm like struggling. It's almost like the government doesn't want you to have this information. (laughs) Um, The land was first seen by a sailor called Rodrigo de Triana. Although the admiral at 10 o'clock that evening standing on the quarterdeck saw a light, but so small a body that he could not affirm it to be land, calling to Pedro Gutierrez, groom of the king's wardrobe, he saw a light and told him, look that way, which he did, and saw it. He did the same to Rodrigo Sanchez of Segovia, whom the king and queen had sent with the squadron as comptroller, but he was unable to see it from his situation. The admiral again perceived it once or twice, appearing like the light of a wax candle moving up and down, which some thought an indication of land, but the admiral held for certain that land was not near. Now, technically, since it was something in the sky and the guys didn't know what it was, it would be a UFO, an unidentified flying object. But 
I mean, I guess it's also possible that it was just like a fucking bird or something. Uh, Whatever. Shooting star. Also possible that they were hallucinating due to having been at sea for a long ass time. But could it have been an alien? Yeah, sure. Why not? (laughs) Yeah, fucking sure. Why not? I mean, there is, so a lot of people read a lot into him talking about the wax, like, that it was like the light of a wax candle moving up and down. A lot of people have looked at, like, the movements of alleged flying saucers, and they kind of, um, they, they don't, I'm going to get this wrong, (laughs) and people are going to be mad. I think they move more side to side. Like, I don't think it's an up and down thing. What? Unless maybe UFOs? they're doing some, yeah. Like I think they kind of dart from side to side. I don't really think they bounce up and down a lot. Look, if you work for Mufon, please email us at the Haunted Heart Podcast at gmail.com and set me the fuck straight and come on the show. So I always thought they sort of flew side to side too. Yeah, know. like I think they dart side to side, but it might depend on the kind. Yeah, I don't know the make or model of said UFO. Also, it could have been a fucking bird. I'm just saying, maybe. Could have been a phoenix, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Bursting into flames. Possible. Could have been an albatross <laughs> saying, go the fuck back home. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's the UFO theory. Very solid. Very sound. Um, I have one more theory for you. And honestly, this is the one, like this is the, of the conspiracy theories about the Bermuda Triangle. This is the one that I think holds the most weight. Um, this makes, I won't say it makes sense to me because I'm afraid of that statement, (laughs) but like this could be a thing. Um, parts of this. Uh, some people have surmised that the disappearances in the Bermuda Triangle are somehow connected to government testing. Wait, have they... Purported? Purported (laughs) government testing. Um, So the U.S. Navy's Atlantic Undersea Test and Evaluation Center, which is abbreviated to OWTEC. 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 I don't know that they pronounce it. No, A-U-T-E-C. I don't know that they hit that owl that hard, but, you know, if you're going to put it out there, hit it. OWTEC. You know what I mean? Welcome to OWTEC. Um, so it's located on Andros, uh, Andros Island, which is in the Bahamas, right in the middle, interestingly, of the Bermuda Triangle. And this location is used as a hub to test submarines, weapons, and sonar devices, but that might not be all they're testing. A handful of theorists believe that Altec may be working with extraterrestrials to test out top secret projects and reverse engineered alien technology, and that this could be the reason for the disappearances. Ooh, um, okay. There's actually some credence to this. The Navy has released patents. You can actually look this up online. This is the thing. Um, the Navy has released patents for um, what some believe to be a UFO, what some believe to be alien technology, and people have looked at it and they've been like, this is not a thing that exists. Like, for us. Like, this kind of technology does not exist. Why would it it be be. out in the open? I don't understand. Um, Because disclosure is coming, my friend. Oh. Um, They're going to let us know. I mean, honestly, listen. And then we'll know. Listen, at this day and age, just nobody gives a shit. (laughs) Like, we all know. We yeah. all know. Yeah. So just 
Whatever. Just put it out on the That's table. what's going to happen. Instead of like a big bang, like disclosure, like of it's going to be like the trickling pre-cum. Like that's the, that's that kind of disclosure. Okay. Like that's what we're going to get. It's All just right. kind of going to trickle out. Which is what this whole patent business is. But you should look it up. It's really interesting. Um, and it, it's legit, like, Navy documents. Um, so there's not a whole lot of information available on the theory of government testing. Thank you, the government. <laughs> Thank you, government. I see we're that. still not there yet. Um, but recent implementation of official procedures for reporting UFOs that the Navy has put in place, coupled with a couple of, um, this is what I was talking about, the patents, several highly suspicious blueprints for seemingly alien technology that they've released in the past year or two offers really convincing evidence for adherence of the government testing theory. Um, that is also true. The Navy has put in place um, an actual official protocol for reporting UFOs. Whereas before, they used to just, like, sweep that shit under the rug no, and you wouldn't tell no. anybody. No, we didn't yeah. see nothing. You didn't, didn't see, see nothing. Period. Now they it. actually have a chain of command for reporting those types of incidents. And that's why a lot of people think that disclosure <laughs> is coming. Wait, wait. There's a chain of command? I want to know who that person is at the top that's like, you're going to report to me if you see a UFO. <laughs> you let me know. Is it Florida man? Maybe. <gasps> Maybe it is. What if there's a connection between Florida Man and the Bermuda Triangle? What if Florida Man came from the Bermuda Triangle? And he's the only one who can control it. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, though, that's my fucking theory. That's theory number four right there. That's what I'm putting down A bonus theory. A bonus theory for you. But I do think, so when I said that I, like, do actually genuinely believe parts of the government testing theory, I think... um, I think it is totally possible. You know, it's confirmed that they're testing out submarines, weapons, and sonar devices, but it's completely possible that they could be testing other shit out. And they just won't say anything. Like, I think it's totally possible that they could be, like... I mean, even the sonar technology that they're talking about testing out, like, what if they're testing something that's similar to sonar technology, but what if it's something that could be po- could be capable of, like, what if it's a sonar weapon that's so strong that it could destroy it, an entire ship and vaporize it? Yeah, totally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, to me, that theory kind of makes sense because it's like, okay, you know, where would you do that? In the middle of fucking nowhere. But the problem is that, of course, there's lots of ships that go back and forth in planes. It's not exactly the middle of nowhere. Um, But that theory kind of makes sense, that there's a little bit of fuckery. Yeah, so it's like not all ships that go through the Bermuda Triangle go missing. Yeah. But a lot of ships... That have went through the Bermuda Triangle have gone missing. (laughs) Incredibly insightful. (laughs) I see that my work here is done, folks. So, like, I would just be, like, I would be so afraid to, like, I'm like, where are we at? Am I going to, like, I would not want to travel anywhere. Fuck yeah. I mean, I even know where the fucking Bermuda Triangle was. And I was, you forget, I was on a plane researching this shit. Every fucking bit of turbulence that we (laughs) hit, I was like, what's happening? Where are we going? 
You weren't flying over I was over flying the over Triangle. fucking Canada. I was flying over, like, <laughs> I was flying over, like, fucking Greenland and Canada. And, like, I don't know, geography. It's tough. Um, <laughs> but I was nowhere near the Bermuda Triangle. But every single time we hit even the smallest amount of turbulence, I was like, what's going on? <laughs> um where are we? I was checking, you know, those screens that they have in the back of the seat where you can see where your plane is in the journey. Mm-hmm. Like, I was fucking tapping that screen every time. Where are we at? Where where are we? It wouldn't matter, though. Are we... You're did j- we somehow end up in... And, like, faintly, I kept thinking that I could hear, like, Aruba, Jamaica, Ooh, what if That's what happens. When you go into but, the Bermuda Triangle and you are lost in the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle, it is just a perpetual beach boys concert fuck. <laughs> fuck and you end up and you go through and you go through that portal and it's just you with everybody else that has been lost at sea in the bermuda triangle at the this beach boys concert god damn um even though the beach boys aren't lost <laughs> it's no. still playing no it's like it's not even live it's not no even it's live not live either. it's like a fuck. recording uh, and then everybody else that has been lost is just like, oh, hey, welcome. Welcome to the party. Oh, God, that's a tough time. I don't actually like the Beach Boys that much, but I enjoy songs about the Beach Boys. Like, give me the Beach Boys and free my soul. And then that song that Weezer did a couple years ago. I playing them Beach Boys. I actually, <laughs> but I don't like the Beach Boys. I actually went to a Beach Boys concert. Did you really? <laughs> yes. Huh. They actually came to our hometown uh, a few years ago. Oh. And, um, was it Shrimp Fest? It seems like it should have been Shrimp no, Fest. No, it was at the Pavilion. It would have been Shrimp Fest for me. It was I at got the, a bucket. It was at the Pavilion, and I went with my grandmother. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. She's like, I bought tickets to see the Beach Boys. Would you like one? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I believe I'll take one. I believe I will take one What an interesting ticket. choice for you. I actually kind of like the beach boys. all right we've learned too much on this episode that's too much we have to stop here <laughs> yes we do have to stop but i did want to uh take a hot fucking second to um acknowledge my resources because i never did oh shit you better <laughs> cite your shit the podcast police are coming no i did just want to um acknowledge my resources from um my little segment uh definitely want to thank uh bermudaattractions.com i swear to the... god i thought you were just about to thank bermuda <laughs> period i just want to thank bermuda <laughs> Stay right, girl. I just want to thank Bermuda. What? What a lovely name that would be for someone. Hello, my name's Bermuda. I could see it being a porn name. Yeah. <laughs> I could take that. Yeah. And I also want to thank uh, the NASFL Museum and allthatsinteresting.com for all of their information they provided for me that I could give to you in my own words this sweet, week. Sweet, sweet nectar of the internet gods. Yeah. All right, guys. I think that's it. Um, I'm happy that I didn't start that sentence with anyway. <laughs> I think we might have broke me of the habit. Maybe. Yeah. Um, But if you would like to stay connected with us, uh, if uh, you 
want to dig around during the week, if one episode is not enough, um, you can check us out on the interwebs. We are on Instagram at The Haunted Heart Podcast. We're on Twitter, <laughs> in theory, at The Haunted Heart. We are on Facebook. If you search The Haunted Heart Podcast, you will find our page and you will also find our closed group um be sure to take a second to like the page we appreciate that and we also do post news there from time to time so Mm -hmm. you can stay in the loop as they say in the triangle in the Um, triangle and uh if you join our closed group we have discussion there all the time kenny and i are both really active in the group and we also have some murder mod squad uh, moderators who are lovely individuals. So if you request to join, uh, Kenny, myself, or a member of the Murder Mod Squad will approve you, and then you can post about all kinds of wicked-ass creepy shit. Yeah, and we have so many privacy. cool people in there, and I actually did want to shout out um, one person in particular, um, Ashley, who actually has a really uh, cool business called Candles with Intentions that she's just started. Um Please look her up on her Facebook as well. It's Candles with Intentions because she sells some really cool, like, wicked-ass fucking candles. And uh, support yeah. our people. And we're here to support our people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think she she said that she had actually sent us a candle, but we don't have it yet. Because yeah. our P.O. box is only open from, like, fucking 10 a.m. to, like, 2 p.m. And we both have to, like, work normal jobs, so. Fuck. Picked the worst fucking... <laughs> I picked Post it office. based on aesthetics. It looks like a mason building, and the fucking key place to open our P.O. box looks like we're opening an ancient crypt of some kind. These are the things that I look for in a P.O. box. I'm sorry I didn't check the hours. <laughs> the hours are the worst possible fucking time. It's like open when Katie you goes to, to take work. take a fucking day closes. off work to get you there. You honestly do have to take a day <laughs> off work. So if you, if anyone's sending anything, like, please don't deter. Don't let this deter you from Definitely sending send us, us anything. Shit. Send us notes. But just understand that it might take a minute and it doesn't mean we hate you. Yeah. And also, yeah, like, don't let it deter you. We love notes and handwritten things. It's so sweet. Um, but we'll get to it. <laughs> we'll get to it. <laughs> Anyway, um, speaking of handwritten little extra things, you can check us out at patreon.com slash the haunted heart if you want some handwritten things, if you want some love from Kenny and me, if you want bonus content in the form of bloopers, outtakes, as well as a full bonus episode every month that is only released to the Patreon feed. Um, We also do spooky stories and we do... Spooky smut. Spooky smut. Which is a great time for everybody. The September stories are fucked, y'all. I'm sorry in (laughs) advance. There's something there about a cum whip. Um, There's a lot. There's a lot going on. Um, So definitely check us out on Patreon to hear all of that. And I think that does it for us. If you you have have some fucking feedback, it's thehauntedheartpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Or review us. Get right there on that fucking app and five star it. Tap that five star. We're a five star type of bitch up here on this podcast. <laughs> All right. It's All really right, time cupcake. for me to go. I'm I got to go you. to I'm bed. Take you. <laughs> I'm going to take you off now. We have to cut you off from the mic. And the cupcake. Anyway, guys, until we meet again, my sweet, sweet darklings. You've You've got got to stay spooky.